The Midnight Podcast is proudly sponsored by Clayboy Shave Ice. Looking for a refreshing Hawaiian-style treat that will also satisfy your sweet tooth? Clayboy's offers catering for birthday parties, farmer's markets, living facilities, and school-sponsored events. Be sure to check out Clayboy Shave Ice on Instagram or Clayboy's Prints on Instagram for custom merchandise. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 20. Yes, episode 20 of the Midnight Podcast. Um, Today is Tuesday, May 10th. It is uh, currently 11.13 p.m., so we might be having another episode where we record into a different day. We'll see, though. (laughs) Um, I'm your host, Luke McClister, and as always, I'm joined here with Ben Spector. How's it going, Ben? Really good. Really excited for this episode. Uh, really, really looking forward to it. Yep, gonna... episode twenty is gonna be a great one. Um, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus covering Middletown sports this spring season, but we're coming back. It's playoff time, and we're gonna be breaking it down. And we got a handful of an alum of alumni, sorry, that will be playing in um the NCAA tournaments. Yeah, no, uh, uh, across the board, kind of an exciting time. Um. You know, because you got Middletown teams starting to roll in the playoffs. Then you got, you know, for some for the alumni who are doing well, they're rolling in the playoffs. So, yeah, it's it's an exciting time if you're a Middletown fan. Yeah, so getting right into everything um, of this episode. So, to start off, we're just going to jump right into uh, Middletown results from the 28th of April 2022 to the 9th of May 2022. So, starting off, um, on Thursday, am I, is that correct? Thursday, April 28th? Mm, I think I'm yeah, right. I, I think oh, yeah, yeah of course are. I knew that because I was in a car for 12 hours that day. <laughs> um, girls track and field, they competed at the prestigious 2022 Penn Relays. Um, we have no team score, but Ava Allen, uh, she placed ninth in the pole vault with a jump of 11 feet 3 inches um, for all high school girls. And then um, the 4x400 team of Haley Lucido, Haley Otto, Kaylee Franklin, and Sophie Rizzo, they came in second with a time of 4 minutes, 9 seconds, .56, and that was in uh, heat number 12 of 41 heats. Then boys tennis uh, played Walkersville at home. Um, They ended up winning that 4-1. Girls tennis also played Walkersville at home. They also won 4-1. Varsity baseball. They played Walkersville at home. The final of that was Middletown taking the dub, 8-2. to two. Varsity softball played Walkersville at home. Um, unfortunately, they took a hard loss. Uh, really close game. Uh, the final of that was uh, Walkersville winning 6-5 to five in uh, eight innings. And then uh, Varsity boys across, they played uh, Governor Thomas Johnson. The final of that was Middletown winning 20-2. to two. And Varsity girls across also played Governor Thomas Johnson that night. And the final to that was uh, Middletown winning that contest 21-4. Friday, April 29th, there was nothing because uh, that was actually prom night for um, Middletown High School. The next event was uh, Monday the 2nd. Boys tennis and girls tennis, they both traveled up to Smithsburg. Um, Boys won 5-0. 
girls tennis won three to two. Varsity baseball also traveled to Smithsburg. Uh, they won against Smithsburg four to two. Varsity softball also traveled to Smithsburg. The final to that was Middletown winning twenty to seven. Then uh, Tuesday the third, varsity baseball uh, they played Boonesboro. That game was uh, actually postponed from April nineteenth. The final of that one was uh, Boonesboro taking that eight to one. Varsity softball also played Boonesboro, which was also postponed from the nineteenth of April. Um, Boonesboro took that one over the night sixty two. Varsity boys lacrosse versus Smithsburg. The final of that was uh, Middletown winning that one nine to six, and that game actually ended Smithsburg's undefeated season, if I'm correct. Yes, Ben's nodding his head. I'm correct. Mm-hmm. And then Varsity Girls Across had a game that night at Smithsburg. The final of that was Middletown winning that 23-2-3. Then Wednesday, May 4th, Boys Tennis uh, had a match for Brunswick. They won that 5 to nothing. Girls Tennis also had a match for Brunswick, and they also won 5 to nothing. Then on Friday the 5th, yeah, no, Thursday the 5th, sorry, Bo- the 5th, yes. boys track and field were at the 2021-2022 Central Maryland Conference Track and Field Championships. Uh, the boys came in 6 out of 15 teams in the whole Central Maryland Conference overall with 46 total points, but ended up, ended up first out of 7 teams in the Gamble Division on the girls' side. Uh, girls track and field did a little bit better there. Third out of 15 teams with 92 points, so a top three finish overall. And they were easily first out of the seven teams in the Gamble Division. Luke, you know this better than I would. Were there any individual conference champions? Was it Ava and Pole Vault? Um, no? I think Ava took second hmm. to, I don't know her name. but the, From TJ, yeah. Yeah, the TJ girl. Ramos. Um, Levi might have won high jump. I can check on athletic.net real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Um, but I ran at that meet, believe it or not, and I actually PR'd there by you go. Uh, 11 seconds in 3,200. Uh, just going to talk about that to <laughs> fill some time while I get a few <laughs> results. But for guys high jump, yep, Levi did take first in okay. high jump. So, so CMC champ yep. for high jump. And then me, Haley Lucido, might have done some stuff because um, she's good at the 400. Haley Lucido won the 400 with a time of 58.53. Um, All right, so, so nothing uh, else I can think of off the top of my head. Gotcha. So then one conference champion each way. Yes. Okay. Off of my knowledge. My knowledge might be wrong, <laughs> but I think I'm correct. And then also on the fifth, varsity baseball versus Governor Thomas Johnson. That game was moved up from the, uh, May the 6th due to the weather. Final there was Governor Thomas Johnson w- winning 6-2. to two. Boys tennis at Boonesboro and girls tennis were at Boonesboro. Uh, both of those games were postponed from April 18th. On the boys' side, Middletown lost a close one to Boonesboro, 3-2 to two the final there. And Middletown won on the girls' side, 4-1. to one. Over the Warriors. Final event of the day, Varsity Girls Across versus Linganore. That one was postponed for April 7th. Linganore won that one 13-12. But on May the 7th, the girls would get their revenge on Linganore as they would defeat the Lancers 13-8 in the 2021-2022 Central Maryland Conference Girls Across Championship game at Hood College, giving the Knights their second straight 2020 their, their second straight Central Maryland Conference Girls Across Championship. 
The boys lacrosse team was also in the CMC championship game. Uh, for the boys, they did fall to the Urbana Hawks 15-6, though. Nothing on the 8th, nothing on the 9th, and you meet us here. That's yeah, that, so that's where we stand. Regular season's all done for all the teams. I guess, in a way, track and field's regular season was already done because with CMCs, you guys had already started, Start, yeah. started with postseason meets, but now all the teams have shifted into postseason mode. So I guess for starters, it feels a bit strange. We're headed to the end here. Yeah, I also... Gra- not not graduate. I graduate May twenty fourth, but my last day of school is the seventeenth, which is in a week. So I only have five days of school left. It, it, it which is weird, but yeah. It, it, as someone who's been around, like it's always a very uh, just from my personal standpoint, it's always kind of like maybe not for the seniors here. So I'm, I'm speaking more for myself here than anyone else. <laughs> okay, but it's always to me like a time of like conflicting emotions. Um, in an athletic sense, because like, if you're a spring sport athlete, you're trying to stay focused on what you're doing. You know, I helped out with baseball for a couple of years. So, you know, you're still focusing on what the bigger picture is for your team, which is competing. But then at the same time, you know, I, the, the, I guess the idea that your, you know, your school year's ending or your time at Middletown's ending is always kind of like ever present if you will in in the back of your head so for me it was always a a time of kind of conflicting emotions because like because for me it was always a time of like you know athletically for your team especially if you're a spring sport athlete you want to kind of keep your nose to the grindstone and do well possibly win a state championship but then yeah in the background it's a lot different in the fall and winter too i feel like because in the fall you know fall you've got a whole school year ahead of you yeah. So if, if there's there's this uh, for, for for someone who works in baseball, it's kind of like spring training. There's this like very strong feeling of like hope and like everything's fresh and everything's new and there's an excitement, a buzz. And then winter sports is still kind of the same because you have like a whole season ahead of you. It does help that historically Middletown fall sports is usually, especially recently, what they've been successful in. Um, spring yeah, spring fall sports is. Obviously, spring sports and winter sports have a couple mm-hmm. state championships in there. But if you look historically, fall sports, especially in the 21st century, is where Middletown has kind of... Yeah, I will say this. Got their bread and butter. Being a student at Middletown for the past four years, and I don't mean this in a bad way at all, but just the comparing the environments from like fall sports to winter sports to spring sports, they're all awesome. They're all great. But I would say fall sports is like a big... Yeah, winter sports is just like a, yeah, and then spring sports is just like a, yay. Yeah, that makes it, sense. yeah. I mean, again, I feel like it's different for each team because it, it definitely is. You know, I, I remember years that baseball won states or got close to making it to states. You can tell like March first where the level of focus is. You, you can tell it right away. Um, so if you're good, I think it's. But yeah, it, it again. As someone who didn't have to focus on playing, there was always just kind. Of, it's kind of a weird time because there's always kind of a. I want to say, mel- yeah, melancholy in the yeah, background. Yeah. Like especially for the seniors. Seniors, God, if you're listening to this, please enjoy these last few days. I got I got one sitting across from me here. I cannot <laughs> I cannot stress this enough. Enjoy these last few days. People say it, and, and I, I know what you're thinking. You're like, 
old man, why are you telling me this? Yeah, co- I co- actually am thinking that right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know you are. College is going to be awesome. Grown life is going to be awesome. And I'm not going to sit here and deny that. Whoever listens to this podcast, because you listen to this podcast, is probably going to have a great life. But soak up your time in high school because things really do change once you get to college and especially once you get into the working world. You, you, you end up working 12-hour days like I am. <laughs> that's, that's not fun. Ben's that's, words of wisdom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm ready to graduate, but I'll be around, so. <laughs> the rest is still unwritten. But, Ooh, um, there you go. So, enough of our tangent <laughs> there about, I guess, life and graduating and sports. Um, Getting into team and playoff analysis for Middletown teams. So, starting with baseball. Um, Baseball kind of had a tough season. Uh, they had a, a pretty tough first half of the regular season. Second half, um, back end, it seemed like they started to pick it up and uh, you know play together and win games, picked up some of the pieces of the puzzle. Um, but they're a really young team. Uh, most of these guys, I feel like, haven't really had much experience playing together. There's a lot of sophomores on the team, I believe, that played JV last year, their freshman year, and... Last season was kind of weird because of COVID and everything. Um, you got anything, Ben? Yeah, I, I mean, I think part of the biggest thing with baseball is that the conference you play in is a straight gauntlet the whole year. There's no breaks, especially with how Middletown schedules non-conference um, because some schools in the Gamble Division – schedule their non-conference a lot weaker. Like, Brunswick goes a lot softer on their non-conference uh, than we do because they don't play VR Frederick County schools. And if you look at VR Frederick County schools, Tuscarora has two uh, really good pitchers, the Twins. Yeah, they're insane. Lingonore has Ben Moore, who is pitching really well. Urbana, just top to bottom, has studs all the way around. They have J- Eli. Yeah. I don't know if he pitches, but he's a good player. Yeah, he's – oh, yeah, I, I, yes. So, uh, Urbana has Keegan Johnson, guys like that – you know, guys who can sling it. Um, so Middletown, like game run, game one through twenty, is challenging themselves, and so it's a really tough schedule. Yeah, it, it's a really tough schedule. So it's always it's always tough to measure it off what you do in the regular season because of just how tough the schedule is. I think you're seeing that they have to travel to Hammond. They're the five seed in a six team region, um, playing the four seed Hammond. Hammond didn't have as tough a schedule as they did. It's just. It, Howard County is not at the level baseball-wise. Especially someone who's... Uh, Howard County, the 2A, 3A division in Howard County, that's just not the same type of schedule that Middletown's playing. Now it's a little bit different because Middletown's got to go on the road to play this one. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think the big thing for Middletown is do they have... It's always, especially with the pitch count rules and single elimination. The two things... Do you have a pitching depth... And can you avoid a bad game? Because baseball is probably the worst sport for single elimination. Because one bad game, or like if you face up a, a, against like a Keegan Johnson, obviously Middletown won't see your band in the playoffs, but if you face up against like a Keegan Johnson, it doesn't matter how good you are or how bad they are. It can mess your day up so bad and bump you out of a tournament real quickly. So, yeah, I, I think for Middletown... Yeah, it's hard. The... the the pitching depth is going to be the question. Uh, Moxley has been really good 
Uh, Hunter Barnes, too. Yeah, Barnes has been good this year. Barnes and Moxley have both stood out on the mound. Um, but, again, playoffs changes things because, you know, guys guys take a lot more. It's a lot different approach during the during playoffs and baseball season. You know, during – I mean, guys grind out out. Guys grind out at-bats more so than it's they do during the regular season. It's also tough because if you're, like, going up against a great pitcher, you don't have, like, you know – Multiple games to like be like, yeah. oh, how are we gonna you know change up the strategy or whatever it is called in baseball terms? Yeah, no, it's it's it, and you know, there's also the element of unknown because like Milltown's never seen Hammond. I, yeah, I, we have I, no idea who. I mean, there's no idea who's gonna be swinging a hot bat that day. Either. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, these kids are like the kids are pretty tech savvy. Like they'll be on prep baseball report or like perfect game, like searching like Hammond, who's on Hammond. But at the same time, you know, if there's a big difference between, you know, a guy like Keegan Johnson, who you've seen multiple times, you kind of get a feel for his mechanics and get a look at him versus a guy who maybe you've heard of, but have never really seen. I know when Middletown won States in 2017, uh, we came up against Hunter Bernard from Marriott's Ridge, who was, originally committed to Maryland and then went to Northern Kentucky uh, to play ball. And, you know, it's just a different look. And it took us about five and a half innings to get adjusted to him. And then we broke out in the six against him. So, yeah, I mean, it it all just kind of starts with one. Hammond is a winnable game. That's what I need. Hammond is definitely a winnable game. And then from there, you know, it, 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 it all depends. Like, it's not a bad draw. They're, they'll go up against the one seed. So I'm trying to think of one seed is in this case for baseball. Yeah. Going back to what you said about single elimination real quick. I actually, um, in team sports softball, that our whole tournament single elimination, I actually won the whole thing today. So feeling pretty good about myself. Yeah. So Glen Elg is the one seed. So they'll Ham in Middletown winner plays Glen Elg. Again, that's another team you don't know a lot about, <laughs> except we know that Glen Elg as a school has been Bro has killed us. Has <laughs> Glen Elg, man. Has has beaten us with a hammer. I'm saying this partially because I know Walkersville's pitching coach, so I have a touch of bias, but Walkersville is a three seed is super dangerous. They'll beat Oakland Mills. Oakland Mills has only won one game. They'll beat Oakland Mills. Then they go up against Poolsville. Poolsville has some talent. I think they could beat Poolsville. Yeah. I would I would not be surprised if Walkersville made is the one who makes a run out of the out of the region. That's just my two cents on that. Agreed. <laughs> Ben's a big baseball guy. I'm not. If you couldn't tell. You want to move into boys lacrosse? Yeah, sure. So boys lacrosse. Um, solid season. Uh, I believe they have a ten and three record, and uh, all their losses came from uh, bigger schools in the county. Um, besides Oakdale. Yeah. And um, I think they have a shot to make a run in 2A. Um, they just need to, you know, play together and avoid making turnovers. Um, and they do have home field advantage against Walkersville in uh, the regional semifinals on Friday. And they played them uh, earlier in the season and uh, beat them 10-9 to in overtime. So I feel like that'll be a close game, but I feel like they can – they can – they – my bad – they can win that because, um, you know, it's at home. We play them. We play them away. It's also raining, stuff like that. But I will say um, 
the thing I'm scared, I wouldn't say I'm scared for, but the thing, the team they have to look out for is Oakdale. Because yeah. Oakdale is 2A for the cross somehow. And um, I, in my opinion, I really think they should be 3A. But they're 2A, so. Well, so uh, just a, a, an explainer for the viewers at home who may not understand how yeah. this works. In past, I'd say, five to six years since I've been at Middletown, it used to be where they would literally just take all the schools and chop them into four. So, like, I wish it was still like that sometimes. Your lower, your lowest twenty-five percent was one A, twenty-six to fifty was two, fifty-one to seventy-five was three, seventy-six to the top was four A. And it didn't matter like if you didn't have those sports, you were just one A for everything. So what ended up happening was, and the reason they went away from it was because for some of the smaller schools. For some of the smaller sports, like there was a year where 1A West for field hockey had three teams in it. So a team got a buy into the regional championship game. Dang. And they were like, yeah, this is, this is not great. <laughs> so then they changed it to where I think there was a two-year period where they did something different. And it's changed a little bit. But now what is is so at the start of the year, if you go on the NPSSA's website, there is a cla- they, there's a classification if everyone participates in that sport. So, like, there are 199 uh, MPSSAA schools. So they have a classification that just shows, like, hey, if everyone plays in this sport, this is what it is. So, like, Middletown is, like, solidly a 2A. Um, but then they changed it so that for the sports individually, they now do classifications based on how many schools play that sport. So for most unless you're on the fringes of 1A, 2A, 2A, 3A, you really don't notice it. Because, like, Middletown is so solidly in the middle of 2A, I don't think we come within, like, 100 students of even dropping down to 1A for anything. But for schools on the fringes, in sports that don't have as many participants, and lacrosse is one of those. I think lacrosse has got, like, 60% of the schools in the state do it, which is a bigger number than it used to be. But I digress. A good chunk of a three A schools drop down to two A, so what ends up? Oh, okay, that makes sense. So what? Yeah. So what ends up happening there is because instead of one hundred ninety nine, I got to do some quick math here because my brain is. Whew. But I'm, I'm, yeah, I'll go back to what I was saying. <laughs> earlier. But going back to um, what I was saying earlier, one hundred seventy one, one hundred seventy one okay. of one hundred ninety nine play lacrosse, right, so okay. that causes the drop. Yeah, but we matched up um, against Oakdale at home. Um, in the regular season, and we lost 12 to 11, so we only lost them by one. So if we match up with them in the playoffs, we can beat them, but we just have to play really well and, um, you know, avoid turnovers yeah, and stuff it, like that. The bracket is kind of weird, and it's. I wish the NPSSA would change up how they do this. I don't know. It's funny because I was literally on the phone talking with someone today about like what a perfect playoff system would look like for me. Um, I'm sure it's different for everyone. But in a five-team section, Oakdale's a four seed. They're gonna, they're gonna light North up. They're gonna beat North Hagerstown really bad. They are, and then they go up against Poolsville. Poolsville's a, a better girls across school than it is a boys across school. But Poolsville will give them a game. I still think Oakdale comes out on top. So, Oakdale kind of has it rough because they have to play two games instead of one because they're that, they're that four seed. And my guess is they're not all that bad of a four seed. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, that would be good for Middletown because it gives them a home game against Oakdale in the regional final. But, yeah, it the, the bracket for boys is just weird. There's 
no other way to sugarcoat it. It's strange. Because pretty much with the exception of North Hagerstown, any of those four teams, or I guess any of the three other teams besides Middletown, could, could get you. There's a lot of danger lurking in that bracket. I think you well said. I don't really have anything else to say. <laughs> Moving into girls lacrosse, um, girls lacrosse has had very solid season. CMC um, champions, yeah, yeah I'd say CMC so. champs only lost two games, and uh, one of them was a bit of a fluke loss in my opinion. But they, I, we lost to Manchester Valley and uh, Ligonier a few days before beating them in the CMC championship, where it mattered. Um, but yeah, I've said this before, girls across is just really solid team. Multiple college commits on that team, and they're gonna make a run for state in the uh, in the playoffs. They just have to show up and play hard. Uh, obviously, they've had games where they've been able to beat teams by a lot just because of how uh, the talent matchup is, and they may have not you know had to try as hard as they've had to against other teams. And I don't really know if they've had a game where everybody's, you know, giving it 100% out on that field. But when they do, it will definitely be in the playoffs. And uh, that's just going to be scary for the other team. Yeah, I mean, the region for Middletown seems pretty amenable, I would say. Um, You got Walkersville. Winner of Walkersville, North Hagerstown, it's a 4-5 game. They'll be able to handle whoever that is pretty confidently, I think. 2-3 2-3 is Oakdale-Poolsville. Probably Oakdale. Ah, and, uh, that, Maybe Poolsville. That, that's a tough one. Yeah. That, that, that should be a good game. They should take care of whoever um, plays that, who, whoever wins that game pretty handily. The danger for Middletown lurks down the road. Yeah. It, is, it is not within their own region. Um, just looking across the bracket at the different regions, there there's some danger lurking. Hereford in 2A North, Region 1. Is danger. Um, I would say Northeast in two A. We'll say that's two A East Region One. The two seed there, they'll play Douglas. They'll beat Douglas real bad. Um, there's danger there with Northeast, and then going down to two A East Section One, Queen Anne's County, who Middletown lost to last year in the state championship game, is still danger. So for Middletown, obviously you can't have a brain fart because you will like. The margin of error for playoffs is slim. If they do what they do, they will win. Like, yes, the, the, they just got to play their game. Yeah, if they play their game, they'll win the regional. Outside of that is where, I guess you could say, the red flags start popping up. They got to dial in. Well, yeah, and who who knows? You know, with no games being played, we have no idea where Middletown would end up seeding-wise if they won the region. We have no idea where they'd end up in state quarterfinals. So that's kind of a coin flip right there is like... Where would Middletown end up? But I will say this. Who wants to go to the state final two years in a row and lose? Who wants to do that? Nobody does. Who even wants to go to the state final once and lose? Yeah. They, well, that's already happened to them once. And I know they have a lot of juniors that were juniors and seniors, sorry, that were on that team that played or were on the team during that game. They got to experience that last year, and I know they do not want to go through that again. So yeah, yeah agreed. Um, tennis. So, 
solid season for boys and girls. We're combining boys and girls in tennis, by the way, in this analysis. For boys and girls, um, really only big competition in the county this year was Urbana. And mm-hmm. just because they're a huge school and have so many people to draw from, um, I feel like they have a shot to make a run in the playoffs. But as Ben just explained to me um, like an hour ago, uh, playoffs are a bit different for tennis. You just really have regionals and states. Yeah, so how it works is pretty much everyone gets seated into a regional bracket. Um, so just looking at the tennis, the tennis brackets here, I can't speak. Um, boys singles, Middletown's entry, Tyler James, he's the one seed in Region 2, 2A West Region he's 2. He's got a bye, right? He's got a bye. He'll yeah. play the winner of Sohan Modi of Hamden versus Rohan Bot of Poolsville. Um, so he, he has a bye, um, and then girls singles, uh, Ella Troxel of Middletown, the three seed, she starts off her region tournament, uh, versus Abigail Liu of Walkersville. So the winner of that one between Troxel and Liu will play Allison Bent of Hammond. Um, boys doubles for Middletown, they are the six seed, uh, so actually the lowest seed in two-way West region two. Ethan Miller and Aiden Bliss of Middletown will play Hussein Masood and Brandon Guyen of Hammond. Uh, the winner of that match between Masood and Guyen and Miller and Bliss will play the boys doubles pair of Jiva Padmanaban and Robert Zhu of Poolsville. Then on the girls doubles side, Middletown also the sixth seed there. It's Sharon Martin and Natalie Butler of Middletown. They'll play the three-seed Angelina Zhao and Suzanne Zhu of Poolsville. Uh, the winner of that matchup between Zhao and Zhu and Martin and Butler of Middletown will play the two-seed from Hammond. That's the pair of Megan Martin and Ronia Agiamon. And then mixed doubles, Middletown is the three-seed. It's Josh Hauser and Gabby Page versus the six-seed from Walkersville, Christina Bain and Sid Perandapali. Uh, they'll play the winner of... or. The winner of that one between Middletown and Walkersville will play the two-seed from Hammond. Uh, that pair is Colin Ward and Olivia Amedawi <laughs> uh, for Hammond. So so what happens is is each of the eight regional winners then gets moved to states. And then at states, you get points, essentially, for how far you advance in the state tournament. And so from each of the five uh Disciplines, I guess you could say. I guess that's the right term, disciplines. From each of the five, five disciplines, they calculate points, and they will determine who is the overall team champion. So if you come in fourth place at states, you get four points. Third place at states, you get six points. State finalist, you get nine points. And state champion, you get 12 points. And that's in each of the five disciplines. So if you're middle, <laughs> if, if you're middle town, you got to win. You got you got to make first. You, you got to win your region. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you get one point if you're a region finalist. Three points if you're a region champion. So, and I, I should clarify that region total also counts towards states. So if you have to win, you have to win at the regional level, and then you have to win at the state level. And it's only been a couple years for them doing team tennis state champion. Championships, pardon me. 2019 was the first year, but obviously COVID during 2020. 2021 was year number two, and this is only year number three of having a true team state champion for tennis. So 
yeah, it, it's an interesting um, it's an interesting scenario. I just learned a lot, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, I don't really have much to say after Ben's just killing it with the analysis today. All right, I'm kind of <laughs> slacking, but um, heading into softball, um, another really solid season uh, for uh, softball. You know, I like Ben said earlier with like baseball. Um, Frederick County's just tough for softball too. Um, but I feel like Middletown is definitely one of the better better teams in Frederick County. Um, they uh, play in the first round of playoffs against Oakland Mills, which I think they should win. Um, I believe Middletown is a three seed. Yes, yes, they and are. oh, they play Oakland Mills, who's the six seed. Yeah. Um. So I I really have no doubt that they'll win that game. Um, you know, come looking back on the regular season, um, there's been games where they've um, blown out teams like seventeen to three or even more than that, and then there's been teams that they've played like Boonesboro or Walkersville that they played close with, and um, I feel like every loss they've had has they haven't let up more than like five runs, but. Um, a team they definitely have to look out for in the playoffs is Walkersville, um, who they swept. A wa- they got swept by Walkersville in the regular season. Um, the first game uh, earlier in the season they played Walkersville. They lost five to nothing. But uh, towards the end of the season they played um, they played them again, and they only lost six to five. So they only lost by one. So um, if they can stay on point, if they match up, if they see Walkersville again in the playoffs, which I think. There's a good shot of that happening. Uh, they can definitely win. Yeah, I mean, so they'll be Oakland Mills in the first round. So then once you get outside of the first round, then it comes down to who is across the line from you. Um, and so, for it, you know, as you said, softball is super competitive um, in Frederick County. So that gives them a good base to start off with. It's good that they don't have to play Walkersville right off the jump in that regional semifinal because it will give them a chance to play Glenelg. Glenelg could give them some issues. I would not put it past Glenelg to win that game. It'll be a competitive game. But yeah, obviously it would be who of Middletown not to do this. But I think there's definitely some anticipation building for possibly a regional final matchup between Walkersville and Middletown. That would be hype. I mean, it's still more than a week away, May 18th it would be. So... We'll have plenty more time to break it down in, in the future. But, yeah, I think everyone's kind of casting towards that. But if you're Middletown, you have to take care of business starting with Thursday at 4 p.m. against Oakland Mills. I mean, again, playoff time. Got to take it game by game. Yeah, you, you, you have to take it game by game because if not, you'll end up doing something really bad and not, not good. <laughs> Boys, outdoor track and field. Um, solid season from the boys. Um, just comparing the indoor season to the outdoor season. Um, definitely have a lot more depth in outdoor than they did in indoor. Um, having more runners definitely you know just helped because you have more to draw from and all that. Um, I think we could finish in the top half at states actually. Um, you know I wasn't really sure, but that's what our coach said the other day. So if coach believes, then I believe. Um, the usual scores um, on the season for the boys. 
Uh, C.J. Brown, he uh, places in shot put usually. Uh, Levi Zilnius, um, he's been having a really good season in the high jump. Um, Luke Humble uh, also typically places in the 110 hurdles. And then uh, Baron Rop, y'all know Baron, um, <laughs> usually places in the 3200. And then um, I also want to note this, at the CMCs, um, obviously boys won the gamble division. But uh, the 4x400 team at CMCs, they ran a 4x400 team of uh, Levi Zilnius, Felice Levac, or Levick. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Sorry, Felice, if you're listening to this. Um, Joe Frizzell and Liam Thompson, they took third at CMCs. And um, they're not entered in counties, but they might run at regionals. And I feel like that's um, a good team to run at regionals. And I'm excited if they run. Yeah, I mean... I feel like, well, not boys track and field specifically, but I feel like the track and fields probably have the best chance to win a regional championship. At regional championship, just because individually there are already some names like you're kind of like pointing towards as people who could win an individual regional championship, like Levi in the high jump. I think that's very much in play um, on the girls' side. Obviously, Ava. Ava's going to win the pole Ava, vault. Yeah. Ava's, Ava's going to win the pole vault. Maybe Lucido in the 400? 400. Maybe Lucido in the 400 for a regional championship? So, it's something to kind of yeah. keep an eye out on. But Just y- moving into girls as a whole, um, they've had a really solid season as a team. Um, they've been placing in top three in most of the meets. Yeah. Um, you know... I definitely think the girls' team has a shot to win a state title as a whole. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say, they're the one team who is like clearly in contention for a state title right but now. But going back to Ava, it definitely helps when you have um, just an athlete like her on the team. You know, pole vault's her main thing. I, I really think she's going to win a state championship in pole vault. And uh, she also does the hurdles, and um, she does triple jump as well. So that helps. And... Um, the 4x400 team, um, they kind of switched it up. Last year, they ran um, Ava Ava Allen, Haley Otto, um, Kaylee Franklin, and Sophie Rizzo, Um And they actually took first at States. But this year, with Ava being in more events, they've switched it up a little bit. And uh, they've switched out Ava with uh, Haley Lucido. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good problem to have. I know. <laughs> like, that's a oh, good who <laughs> we have so many good runners. Who are we going to play like, on our like, four by four team? Yeah, you know, for starters, I think you know we've talked about Ava a lot here. Um, but I think one of the biggest things for Ava is her versatility. Her versatility allows her to be deployed in a lot of different events and kind of maximize the way or the best way you you can use her to score points. And then as you said before by four, <laughs> being able to take out Ava, which, you know, any other runner, any other team in the state, with the exception of a small few, you'd be looking at a clear downgrade there. But you can go from putting Ava in the four by four to putting Lucido in the four by four, and there's no real drop off whatsoever. Yeah, there's not. It, 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 and it if anything, it I wouldn't say it's an improvement, but it's like Yeah, yeah. It's literally the Well, yeah. it's probably just an improvement because Lucido's a little bit fresher than Ava. Yeah, and Ava's she's 
Lucido's the four hundred is Lucido's like yeah, specialty. Yeah, and if, if that as well. I, I was gonna say because Lucido is a four hundred runner. That's kind of her, especially for outdoor. That feels like that's mm-hmm. kind of her event. Oh, it definitely is. for for out. So I mean, <laughs> being able like that's that's not a shot, Ava. Like no, Ava is not just yeah. Ava is just like athletic enough where she can do that, you know, and and go out there and run. But now you can keep Ava a little fresher for the pole vault and for she doing the 100 hurdles. I think so. Yeah, so for pole vault and for the 100 hurdles, and then your 4x4 still maintains that level of, you know, skill that won them a state championship last year. I mean, for me, someone on, uh, put this way, someone on girls track is going to win an individual state championship, clearly. It's a no-brainer. And you have that Beaver song stuck in my head. <laughs> but um, but then on top of that, if there's a team that has the best overall odds to win a state championship, it's probably girls out there. It's girls track and field. It, 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 I mean, yeah, it's probably girls track and field. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens in the next few weeks. Cause, I mean, I'd love to do our counter because, what, we have two individual state champions overall? This year, this year, Hoy won in wrestling. Ava Allen and Ava won in pole vault, so that's two individual. Ooh, the AC just turned off. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> why did it just get so quiet? <laughs> we got five minutes until we enter a new day. Sorry, I just wanted to make that apparent. But uh, two individual state champions with Hoy for wrestling at two eighty five, and then with Ava in the pole vault for indoor. And then it would take us a little while to come up with individual regional champions because, yeah, there's probably there's a lot there. There's a lot. There's ain't a nobody, lot. There. Ain't nobody got time for that right now. <laughs> so let's jump into uh, your specialty, Ben. <laughs> my, my uh, alumni. Yes. Ben's favorite thing. He likes Middletown alumni. Do you want to start or should I start? I'll start. Oh, there you so, go. So, um, coming at you with the a uh, schedule from May 11th. AC turned off, man. That sounds so weird. But to May May 11th to May 13th, 2022. So tomorrow... um, Is May 11th, yes. Yeah, tomorrow is May 11th, Wednesday, May 11th. At 1 p.m., Jacob Polishak and Millersville Baseball, they'll be playing uh, versus California of Pennsylvania in the 2021-2022 Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference Baseball Championship game. That is game number two. And that is actually single elimination. This part of the tournament is single. So the PSAC does a weird stagger where eight teams enter the tournament, top four seeds from each division. First round, single elimination. Then if you make it past the first game being single elimination, then it becomes double elimination. Oh, okay. So you'll notice... an Interesting format they have. Yeah. It, so many conferences do it s- such different ways. Um, but anyways... At, you, for the people listening at home, as we go through the schedule, uh, for the 12th and the 13th, we have games where they're already on the schedule, and then we're going to tell you about games that are if necessary, because oh yeah, by the next time we talk to you, we don't know what's going to happen, and some of these conference tournaments go off in pretty short order. So well, I know what's happening because I know everything. <laughs> no, I'm just so uh, that game will be played at uh, Jack Critchfield Park in Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania, since Slippery Rock University is the host of that tournament. At 3 p.m., Graham Brown and the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers, they'll be playing at North Carolina Greensboro. 
at 4 o'clock. Uh, Ryan Crompton, Colt McCracken, and Lenore Ryan men's lacrosse versus Indianapolis. Um, that will be a part of the 2021-2022 National Collegiate Athletic Association Division II men's lacrosse championship. That is the first round. Um, Lenore Ryan will be hosting, and that will be at Moret Stadium in Hickory, North Carolina. At 7 p.m., Roland Hockenberry and Delaware men's lacrosse. They will be playing versus Robert Morris um, in the National Collegiate Athletic Association Division I Men's Lacrosse Championship. That's the first round. Delaware will be hosting that, and that's at Delaware Stadium in Newark, Delaware. Yeah, so in that one, kind of different situation. So um, both Crompton, McCracken, and Lenore, Lenore Ryan and Hockenberry and Delaware won their conferences. For D2, there's no automatic qualifiers. Uh, to oh, make okay, it to, the, okay. to make it to the NCAA tournament, so even though Crompton, McCracken, and Lenore Ryan won the SAC, uh, there's no there's no automatic qualifier. So they made it in as an at large. They have a four seed in the South Region. It's only a 12 team tournament, uh, so they have a four seed in the South Region against a five seed in Indianapolis, and then the winner plays the number one seed. So uh, not exactly easy sledding for them. For Delaware, kind of a different situation. They're Typical low major in NCAA tournament. Uh, the NCAA D1 Men's Lacrosse Championship is an 18-team tournament. So the first the first four lowest automatic qualifiers from each conference uh, get put into playing games. And because uh, Delaware won the Colonial Athletic Association and they were one of the four lowest, they are in a, playoff, a play-in game against Robert Morris, who won the Atlantic Sun. And that's two things you don't put together is Robert Morris in Pennsylvania and the Atlantic yeah. Sun, which is normally a Florida and Georgia and Alabama conference. But associate members make for weird bedfellows. So moving into uh, Thursday, May 12th. Yep. Um, these games are on the schedule already. At 11 a.m., Kayla Dollhouse in Chippensburg Women's Outdoor Track and Field. They will be at the 2021-2022 Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference Women's Outdoor Track and Field Championships Day 1. Um, Millersville University will be hosting that. The location of that will be at Bimesdurfer Stadium in Millersville, oh, Pennsylvania. Oh, that was good. Millersville, yeah. Pennsylvania. I don't know how I got that right. There you go. And then at 12 p.m., um, Nellie Stafford and Allegheny Women's Outdoor Track and Field. They'll be at the 2022 Marty Goldberger Gator Invitational. Um, Allegheny actually hosts that, so that'll be a home meet for Nellie. At 5 p.m., Sammy Main and her South Florida softball squad. They will be playing versus East Carolina in the 2021-2022 American Athletic Conference Softball Championship, the first round of that. East Carolina will be hosting that, and that will be at Max R. Joyner Family Stadium in Greenville, North Carolina. You want to talk about the ifs necessary games, Ben? Actually, yep. before we start, happy May 11th. It is 12 a.m. <laughs> so on the 12th, if necessary, obviously we talked a little bit about Polishek and Millersville. In the PSAC, uh, the PSAC Baseball Championship, they have their first round game on the 11th against um, on the 11th against California of Pennsylvania. If they lose, they're done. Uh, their season's over. Actually, that's not 100% true because they very well could get an at-large into the NCAA tournament. But we'll come back to that. Uh, 10 a.m., um, if they win, they would play at 10 a.m. against an opponent to be determined. It would either be Gannon or I'm a, I'm hold on I have it right on my tab here. <laughs> it would if they win, 
they play the winner of Slippery Rock and Shippensburg. If they lose, obviously they're eliminated. But then if they win and then lose against the winner of Slippery Rock and Shippensburg, they would play the loser of game number six, which could be four teams. So we're not going to break them all down in here. So yeah, so if necessary games for Jake Polishak on the 12th, 10 a.m. if they win on the 11th, and then if they win on the 11th and lose at 10 a.m., then they would play again at 7 p.m. on the 12th. So could be a busy couple days in Slippery Rock for uh, Jake Polishak and the Marauders. Yeah, um, moving on to Friday the 13th. Ooh, scary. Um, <laughs> so these games are uh, on the schedule. At 10 a.m., um, Kilo Dollhouse and Chippensburg Women's Outdoor Track and Field, um, they will continue um, running at the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference Women's Outdoor Track and Field Championships in day number two at, uh, at Millersville. At 2 p.m., Tim Hobson and Bridgewater Baseball They'll be playing versus Shenandoah in the 2021-2022 Old Dominion Athletic Conference Baseball Championship, and that's double elimination round game number two. Um, moving down um, the schedule here. At 3 p.m., Luke Pryor and Mount St. Mary's Baseball, they will be playing at Wagner. Um, that would be that game will be played at Shoretown Ballpark in uh, Lakewood, New Jersey. At 6.30 p.m., Zach Martin and Maryland Baseball have a game versus Michigan at 7 p.m. Graham Brown and Coastal Carolina, they will be playing at Troy at 7.30 p.m. Bailey Broadbent, Bryn Hoffman, and Jacksonville Women's Across, they'll be playing versus Stanford, and that will be in the 2021-2022 National Collegiate Athletic Association Division I Women's Lacrosse Championships first round. Uh, University of Florida will be hosting that, and that will be at the Donald R. Disney Stadium in Gainesville, Florida. If necessary, games. Ready, Ben? Yeah, so um, even more down the road, but 11 a.m., Paul Shack in Millersville. <laughs> if they win, the if... <laughs> this is going get, to get confusing here. Stick with me, people. If they win their first game against California and then win the 10 a.m. game on the 12th, they would end up playing at 11 a.m. on... I guess this is Friday. Yes, on Friday. If they win their first game against California, but lose the second game at 10 a.m. on the 12th, and then win the game on 7 p- win the game at 7 p.m. on the 12th, they would play at 3 p.m. on the 13th. They could also end up in that game on 3 p.m. at 3 p.m. on the 13th if they win their first game, win the second game, and lose the third game. <laughs> so just... Stick to winning after midnight. We will update you on this sort of thing. But so, yeah, so possibly two games for Paul Shack on Friday. In addition, Sammy Main and South Florida Softball. That is a single eliminate, elimination tournament, the American Athletic Conference Softball Championship at East Carolina. So if they win in the first round on Thursday, they would move into the semifinal on Friday. That's a lot simpler than the double elimination okay. that's going on in the PSAC. Well, that wraps up everything we have for alumni. Yep, and just, uh, I guess, our schedule until our next episode for Middletown, which includes some playoff games, so we're excited about that. Yes, so um, I was going to say tomorrow, but actually today... Um, nothing. Wednesday, May 12th, we have... I'm May, May 11th, sorry. Um, we have nothing. But then Thursday, May 12th, I actually have a question about this. At 3 p.m., boys and girls track and field 
will be participating in the 2021-2022 Frederick County Boys or Boys and Girls Track and Field Championships, um, also known better as County Championships. Um, that would be at Ligonor High School. Um, it says 3 p.m. on here. On Frederick C- CMC, I saw that it started at 1 p.m. No, I, no, I, I I see 3 p.m. right here. Okay, then I'm just out of it. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, you're okay. You're at okay. 4 p.m., <laughs> um, baseball will be playing um, the number four seed Hammond in the 2021-2022 Maryland Public Secondary Schools Athletic Association 2A Baseball State Tournament in the regional quarterfinal round. And then at 4 p.m., um, number three seed softball will be playing the number six seed Oakland Mills in the 2021-2022 MPSSAA 2A Softball State Tournament. And that is also the regional regional quarterfinal round. Friday the 13th, uh, we got some lacrosse action coming your way. At 5.30 p.m., um, girls, Middletown Girls Lacrosse, number one seed, they will be playing the number four seed, Walkersville Lacrosse, or the number five seed, North Hagerstown Lacrosse. I think it's Walkersville. No, it, it, Walkersville and North Hagerstown have to play, and then oh. they play the winner of that game. Okay. Um, yeah, so they'll be playing them in the uh, regional semifinal round of the MPSSAA um, 2A Girls Lacrosse State Tournament. And then at 7 p.m., the two-seed Middletown Boys Cross will be taking on the three-seed Walkersville Cross um, at home in the regional semifinal round of the MPSSAA 2A Boys Cross State Tournament. And that is all she wrote. Yeah, j- just a couple things um, to note before we end this episode. W- because we we covered such a sc- short schedule of a short period of time, um, we didn't get a chance to, like, I guess, kind of go over like all the Middletown alums who are still playing their season. So just that real quickly. Obviously, oh, that scared me. That VAC scared me came back lot. on, and I just jumped about five feet <laughs> on my chair. <laughs> well, you jumped, and then I was like, wait, what happened? And then I was like, oh, the AC. <laughs> yeah. So uh, This is what happens when you record after hours in Middletown High School, guys. So, so you've heard Jake Polishak, heard about Tim Hobson. Uh, they're both in their conference tournaments for Polishak, the PSAC, for Hobson, the ODAC. Graham Brown still in season, regular season with Coastal Carolina. They're really on the bubble um, for uh, making the NCAA tournament. Uh, D1Baseball.com have them in the first four out, so kind of crucial time for them. Luke Pryor and Mount St. Mary's Baseball still in their regular season. They've been eliminated from Northeast Conference tournament contention, and they won't be at NCAA at large, so they'll finish out their regular season and be done. Zach Martin and Maryland Baseball doing really well. Uh, the Terps could be in line for number one seed in the NCAA Dang. tournament. So a uh, chance to host regionals is always a big deal on the baseball front. Um, obviously, Crompton and McCracken in the NCAA tournament with Lenore Ryan. Hockenberry in the NCAA tournament with Delaware. Uh, two girls lacrosse, women's lacrosse players who we will talk about next time because their first NCAA tournament game is on the 15th. Haven Brandenburg and Kayla George, they lost in the semifinals of the Mac Commonwealth Girls Lacrosse Championship, but the NCAA gave them an at-large into the D3 Women's Lacrosse Tournament. So they play William Smith College on the 15th at 1 p.m. Um, also D3 uh, w- Women's Lacrosse player, Middletown alumni, Maddie Clemmer, who's the goalie down at St. Mary's of Maryland. She started every game this year for the Seahawks. They won the United East Conference, so they, get, they got the automatic qualifier 
from the United East Conference. They play Framingham State, uh, the champions of the MASCAC, on the 14th. One other one. I, I, I think – did we somehow miss this? I think we may have missed this one, Luke. Uh, on the 13th, we did miss it. Oh, I feel – no. Did we? No, 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 we didn't. Uh, you mentioned Broadbent and Hoffman. Yeah, I didn't know. No, yep. We had that. Yep, sorry. I, I thought we missed that there for a second. So Broadbent and Hoffman with Jacksonville still in. Sammy Main still in her uh, conference tournament with South Florida softball. We talked about her. And all the track runners uh, still have either – Po- your conference championships or regionals uh chris burgesson and grayson whitesell from hood men's outdoor track and field have the all-atlantic regional championships coming up next weekend um riley mcdermott uh and harvard headed to the nca eastern prelims on march on may the 25th holy moly um so yeah we'll, we'll have some more meets to talk about next time in addition one last thing before we go Signing day, the true signing day. We, we had a few go off in the fall, but the true signing day for the class of 2022 uh, Middletown High School student-athletes is this Friday, the 13th, at 3 p.m. Uh, down on Ron Angle Court. So if you're listening to this, uh, make sure to show up, uh, support all the student-athletes who are signing their NLIs or their commitment forms to go play uh, college athletics at a higher level because uh, yeah, we've talked about this a little bit yes. off mic, but... Obviously, we cover Middletown, and you know we want our teams to do well and our athletes to do well while they're here and win as many state championships, titles, individuals, you know, state titles as many as they can, whatever. But also, you know, there's the career after they're done at Middletown where they still represent Middletown. Um, so that's just as important. I mean, shoot, who, who we we talked about Connor Myers a ton. We've talked about Ricky Leonard a ton. We've talked about Erica Pritchard a ton. And all of them, they had success at the Middletown level. Uh, but they've also had success after. Yeah, had success afterwards, which kind of increases their legend in Middletown. So, yeah, uh, uh, Friday could be a really cool day. So if, if you're listening to the podcast, feel free to come to the NLI. NLI. I'm getting that confused with NIL because VNCA. Yeah. The NL- you may or may not see me sign <laughs> with the college I'll be attending. I do not know yet. Going to try and make it, but we'll see. College you'll be attending is this a secret? No, I guys, if you're listening, <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll let them know. Why not? Yeah. So I haven't really, you know, talked about this a lot, but um, I will. I'm actually blessed to announce that I have the opportunity to uh, run cross country and track at Hagerstown Community College next year. So if you don't see me at um, signing day, that's where I'm going. <laughs> so. Be sure to, you know, keep up with me and see how I do in my future years. But, yeah, I'm excited to, you know, represent Middletown at the next level. And I think that does it for episode 20. Yeah, that's, that's, um, that's it. It is 12-12 a.m. We started this at 11-11, and we're ending at 12-12. That's insane. I'm ready to go home and go to sleep. Yeah. I, 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 that does it for episode 20, Ben. <laughs> Adios.